Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities isn't just a statement. It is Central Bank's past and future. It is their successes and challenges. It is more than 110 years of service that spans across 140 plus locations. Strong roots, endless possibilities. That means that they're here for you. Learn more at centralbank.net. Member FDIC. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Uh, good morning and welcome to episode eight, three, five of Down Dunk. I am Luke, joined this morning by Andrew. Slam through. Taylor. For he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow. And his name is Jamon. Slam through. And Jay. It's my birthday. Wow. It is wow. your birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Thanks, man. 38 years old. 38. You jolly feel, good it, that's a big number, man. It's feeling, it it's number. every year, it's one bigger than the year it was before. Yeah, it just weird. Which is wild. It's yeah. wild. Don't like But that. I'm good, man. How are y'all? Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Things normalizing good. a little bit for you all? No, I mean, it, normalizing in that I'm getting used to what I'm doing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Not like, oh yeah, we're back to normal, but like, no, this has become my normal, so it's good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm 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 uh, this afternoon. I'm gonna inject some disinfectant into my body. <laughs> good. Uh, okay, let's. We have a couple of like newsy thunder items to go over. <laughs> Number one. Uh, Kendrick Perkins said this week that no way in hell the Thunder would have blown a 3-1 lead to the Warriors if they had me. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Perk saying this, that, like as a mascot or a coach? Take it as ho- however you'd like to take it. Take it to the bank. I am filing this in the same thing as when Mark Wahlberg said if he had advanced knowledge of 9-11, he could have stopped it. <laughs> It is a thing that is impossible. No, I probably believe that one more than I do Perks 3-1 comment. Both both impossible to prove. Have you seen the other guys? I have. He's a superhero in that. I (laughs) I understand that. But have you seen Kendrick Perkins? (laughs) He is um, a big, strong man. The funny thing for me about that is I'm like, hey, Kendrick Perkins – you know that that you like not to your own fault. I get it, not your fault, but like you couldn't have played. Well, his his argument is his locker room leading. Yeah, that's what maybe I think he maybe was, he was talking about. I think like he could have let them. those guys. Yeah, he wouldn't let those guys mentally blow a three one lead like that. Yeah, because uh, he's not saying that I would have defended Clay Thompson. He's, he did not say I that. I did not hear him say that. <laughs> But it is funny that like one of the slower centers in the league at that point saying that 
he would have helped them beat the best small ball team of all time. Yeah, from the bench, he could have led them to. Now, I do think he did. He bring, and this is me being wildly unfair to Perk. Like Perk does bring a ton more off the floor than he would have, obviously, on the floor. Um, I just don't know if schematically. I, I mean, they there were some moments where they just weren't guarding Clay effectively, obviously. But dude, those guys just went bonkers yeah. in that game six. Um, they did. But this is you know, where we are in the news cycle as far as sports is Kendrick Perkins is talking about what he would have done for an imaginary moment for the Thunder in 2016. So ESPN played game seven of that 2010 finals uh, on Wednesday, and I watched it. And did you guys do you guys remember the score was like 56 to 54 going into the fourth quarter or something like that? <laughs> Between Boston and L.A.? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was, oh, a, it was a big slog. Oh, my it God, was it was so bad. Bloodbath. And Kobe was like 5 of 20 going. Yeah, he was, was so bad. He won the MVP for that series, but he was not very good, especially in game seven. And our, te- our test was awesome in that game. Our test was amazing, and Powell was really good, too. And Lamar Odom was really good in that game, too. But yeah. they kept getting a lot of rebounds, and it was crazy. Like, the Lakers' defense and, and offensively just being so massive with Powell up there and, and Metal World Peace being strong, it's crazy to think, like, Boston probably could have won that game if Perk could play that game. Oh, yeah. Like, that, made, that would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Big That's difference. something he can say yeah. with, with, <laughs> yeah, right. with confidence. Yeah. He can say she, that. She'd played 36 minutes that game or something like that. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. Who? Rashid Wallace, Rashid Wallace. Pl- ended up I playing like 36 not minutes. I remember he was on oh, that yeah. Celtics team. Oh, yeah. Rashid Wallace is the guy that I shouldn't like as an NBA player, but I loved. He was awesome. Him was for the awesome. Pistons. He was so awesome for the Pistons. Uh, even that poor he played for Portland in those Portland teams where they were playing the Lakers in conference finals, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was on those Scottie Pippen Blazers teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was a I good squad it. too. Brian Grant. I loved Brian Grant. Yeah. Mm. Uh debt Detlef Shrimp. L Man, y'all maybe don't listen. The people that are listening may not know that. The L man had an in with that Portland Trailblazers team. He was he was the number one fan. What year? I was Luke? I was a huge fan. This is like uh, 90, 98, 99, 2000 probably. Yeah, um, early aughts. My my dad was Damon Stoudemire's lawyer, and so we got to go down when they played the uh, Mavericks and like meet the team, and like it was awesome. Your dad was a busy man back then, huh? With Damon on his hands. It was a. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just, it was you know that's uh, one thing, but um, but it was cool. I met Damon Sotomayor's dad, and uh, it was it was cool. My brother had this huge Damon Sotomayor poster in his room that was probably ten feet long, eight feet tall. I mean, it yeah. was huge. It was like something that had been in like a store, and it was awesome. Can confirm. So. That was when that was when I started to pay attention to NBA. Did you know Damon Stoudemire's nickname on basketball reference is Damon Layman Stoudemire? <laughs> no. no, no, I'm sorry. That's his actual name. His full name is Damon Layman Stoudemire. I like that. Do you think he's related to Jake Layman? Yeah. I think it's his dad. <laughs> his name is Layman Stoudemire. 
Jacob, Luke, can Lane you confirm himself. that or no? no. Uh, that is not correct. No. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Well, so uh, none of us believe Perk <laughs> with what he no. had to say. Uh, one more thing, L- Luke. You may have uh, some input on this, but um, there were so there were charges filed against Terrence Ferguson uh, in this past year. Uh, or I guess two years ago, um, he was accused of rape. And I actually this I don't I, I totally missed this, but charges were dropped, no charges. And I guess I just bring this up to say. Terrence Ferguson has been dealing with so much off the court stuff that I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. either. It was reported in the, this past week and I had somebody um, send me a Twitter message off to look who it is in just a second. Um, I just say like, Hey, you should bring this up. But I bring it up just to say that, you know, I don't think that we would have predicted that Terrence Ferguson would have lost his starting spot to a two-way rookie this year. Uh, this was supposed to be kind of a big year for him. And there's been so much off-the-court stuff happening that it may have just been impossible for him to to be in the game. Remember, like, he, he had that period of time where he wasn't playing. And we were like, is he ever going to come back? Is he ever going to play again? I almost forgot about that until I saw this report. But um, all this to say that I'm not saying that obviously that Terrence will just be a great player after this, but if he can kind of get some of this off the court stuff off of his plate, it may make way for him to play better because we've seen him play better than he has this season. And I think there are probably a lot of reasons why he's not he hasn't performed well, and this may have been one of them. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. And, and I, I mean, I think it is. It's. I think it's well documented. The he was dealing with some child uh, support and care issues for a large part of the season. And did it something happen with his grandmother as well? Is that real? Yeah, she had some. I don't know if she passed away. Or she had health issues. There was. There's. He's just had a tremendous amount of off the court stuff that has. You know, some some guys can play through it and be fine, and Terrence may just be one of those people that just can't, and that's probably why he took a, the leave of absence that he did. I just don't know. I mean, could here's the uh, there are some guys that probably could do that well, um, walk through that, maybe find that as an escape. But if you were dealing with this, I, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do my life normally, yeah. let alone go out and perform on a high level. 82 nights, you know, over the course of a year, like it, it does bring a lot more understanding and maybe not sympathy necessarily, but it does bring just more understanding to kind of that life that he's walking And not to mention, what is he 20? Yeah. He's like 21, 22. Yeah. I mean, 21, 22. I like, I can't even, I don't remember much of my 21s or 22s anyways, but I know that I wouldn't have been able to handle all of the amount of things that he's walking through with and be able to still perform at a high level. Or maybe I was naive enough at that point in my life where I was able to just avoid reality. But, man, that's hard. That's heavy for him. I know that. Yeah. Um, By the way, I looked at – Luke, any any commentary? I mean, you – I don't know. I mean, I don't know because I've not seen that. I don't know. I don't even know where he was charged or anything like that. I mean, I I uh, don't know, but I I just know that um, you know, with the child stuff, he's going through that stuff is um, a lot, and I know that like, you know, there's allegations that are thrown around even, you know, when stuff that stuff is happening, and it really is a tough time 
in the easiest, you know, even when there's everything's good and by agreement, it's a, it's a tough emotional time. And when things are not agreed, it is, um, you know, it's, it's really tough. And so, you know, his number one focus most likely was not basketball during all this, especially when he had a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, and so, you know, hopefully he can get past all this and get back to it, but it's just hard to say, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. Yeah. Hey, Sean, what were you about to say? Well, I looked into it. And so the reports were a woman accused him this February of, raping her at a heart at a house party in 2018 and the Oklahoma city police department looked into it and they decided that after talking to a bunch of people and looking into it, they are not going to press charges. Okay. Um, so it wasn't any, it was the police department deciding to not press. So charges. yeah, sounds like that may have been part of why he was gone from basketball for a while, which is, you know, understandable. And I just thought, not that we need to have an in-depth discussion about this, but I think that it, it may help shed some light on the issues that he's having. And Dort's been great, like not, not to disparage Lou Dort at all, because I love Lou Dort. But um, Terrence, this should have been Terrence Ferguson's job to have that starting two guard for the Thunder or three or whatever you want to call it. Um, he should have been the wing defender for this team. And he should have had that on lockdown. And I think that... There are reasons why. Some of it is that Lou Dort played really well and is a good player, but you know, Terrence has the ability to shoot it that Dort doesn't and is a good defender. And but so maybe maybe we get a better version of Ferguson next season or in the playoffs or whatever. So um oh we also didn't talk about this. Andre Robertson had did a podcast or like a video chat with somebody at the University of Colorado. And he said that essentially I should be back by now. And the goal was for him to play in some G League games with the blue and then return for the Thunder at playoff time. And at this, and it's hard to say because at this point he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> and like it's, mm-hmm. it's whatever, you know. But also, if they could get Andre back and he's anywhere close to where he was, which I don't know how you could say he is or he isn't. And I, I, I just like tweeted out his quote and people are like, how could you ever think this? And his, Oh, and then you get like the whole, like Andre Robertson sucks anyways, blowback and Dort's better than Robertson has ever been on both sides of the court and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, like I just, I can't deal with, I forgot, I forgot what it's like to cover Andre Robertson for a second. Um, But to me, if you could get Dre back and you don't have to play Abdul Nader in the playoffs, and you don't have to play even Terrence Ferguson at this point, if he's not playing well, like you don't have to play those guys and you can play him at the backup wing. Uh, I think that would be huge for this squad and for this team. Um, but anyways, what are your thoughts on the, like Robertson potentially being able to play? Let's say the, the, let's say they have the NBA in a bubble in July and you just get to add Andre to this team. What does that potentially look like? Taylor. Um, well, I I haven't been listening to you because I got distracted. Did you know Andre Robertson is dating <laughs> Rachel Demita, the 2K girl? And he's been in her like yeah. YouTube videos this year. 
I yeah. had no idea. I'm so sorry about this. I I just saw this. Wow. And they met. He shot his shot on uh, IG a couple years back. She responded. Yeah. They've been dating ever since. Love that. What are your thoughts on him playing on on this Thunder team? Uh, I think it'd be great. Um, I don't. Th- I think he's got to prove that he can play better than Lou Dort, though. I'll tell you that. Well, Dort would play. Dort would be in the rotation, but he would be like a backup wing for like ten minutes a game. Uh, instead of playing Nader in the playoffs, you get to give those minutes to Dre. I think it would only think- it would only help, and especially if he can get back to just scoring by the way he was before, which was ba- essentially just cutting like yeah. being a really good cutter uh, and, and playing with Chris Paul and SGA. That's exactly the type of player I think would work great with them. If they get into the mid range and can move things around, get the big, at, get Steven out of the way and have Robertson cutting. I think yeah. that'd be great. Did you already mention this as far as, <coughs> excuse me, that he's dating as- Rachel Demita. Yeah. We just talked about it. No, 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 no. I'm saying, <laughs> I don't know if Drake comes back. Like, obviously we've talked about this for now two years. Yeah, is it Baisley's minutes that probably disappear when he comes back? That Baisley Nader kind of group. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the the backup wing minutes, and I don't know if he can play the four. I don't know if he can play the three. I don't know if he can play at all. I have no idea. But I think you still would like to give Bays some run because I think that in the past the way that things have been handled where you get to the playoffs and then you take minutes away from these young guys. I don't know that that's always super helpful to the development of those guys. I think I thinking of Jeremy Lamb in particular. Well, especially with, with the long-term goals of this thunder team too, right? Like recognizing that as much as you want to be good because they are good. And I think the trade deadline kind of spoke a little bit to the fact that Sam was okay. Like at least making some sort of run at this, at the same time, realizing like, hey, what's more important for us is that Baisley develops into, or at least we can see what they, uh, Baisley can develop into as well. Um, and a guy in Andre Robertson who literally is a free agent and really like him now, technically, if it was, or around now, if it was the real timeline of the season. But isn't Dre off season this offseason free agent? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's, it'd be weird for them to go all in on that to, for the sake of Baisley's development. But I get it because Dre would be a tremendous yeah. piece, especially, and you could probably, if, and what I would do is I think you could just match that up. And so if you do come up against the Clippers, then all of a sudden you throw Dre out there. I've, I've wanted to see Dre play against some of these guards and wings that have been given the thunder problems ever since he got hurt. Right. Like we know to watch Dre play against, yeah. Donovan Mitchell the year that they played him in the Jazz, they played the Jazz in the playoffs, or to at least have a shot to go out there and run around with Dame. Oh, like, yeah. It would have made a tremendous difference for this team. Yeah. So who knows what it's <laughs> going to be, but but it'd be exciting to at least see him play again, just for the, the personal side of it for me, too. It's so unlucky for uh, Robertson that it just so happens that he's the 122nd highest paid player in the league. <laughs> and in the last yeah. dance, that is Scotty Pippen. Like, what are the no. uh, the odds? It's just you know, it's it's so bad that it was him, and it's he's not even playing right now, and he's getting paid you know as much as Scotty Pippen, and he's not near the player Scotty Pippen was. It's just mm-hmm. really unfortunate. 
But yeah, I haven't been really paying attention. Did you know that he's dating Rachel Demina from <laughs> NBA Live? No, NBA 2K, man. The 2K girl. It's unbelievable. I had no, I can't believe I didn't know this. That's so funny. Yeah, it, it, is, it is really funny that that got brought up because it's, it's just, it's hilarious that it's Dre. I feel, I mean, you feel bad for Dre, but then you also don't feel bad for Dre at all at that point. You feel a little being, bit worse for Scotty Pippen. Yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah. Scotty Pippen but, signed a seven-year, eighteen million dollar contract. Seven years. That's yeah. Do you believe? Do you believe? And it was that, descending. Uh, what's the owner's name? Well, Kraus is the one I remember. The GM. I don't remember. Yeah, the but the name. owner. So in the documentary, the owner said, "I told him not to sign the contract, and he wanted to." Yeah, right. Do you yeah, believe no, that? It's hard to believe There's that. no way I believe. No, that. no, 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 no. no. Yeah, don't, don't sign, sign this team-friendly contract. contract. Don't, don't you? No, I would not sign a team-friendly contract. Please don't. I told him I wanted because that would only benefit me. That would only benefit me. Why would I want to benefit myself? Let Let me give you more money. Let me give you more money. Yeah, but he said please. no. This is all. And I it's need. funny on, on that documentary. It's funny where they're like, "Yeah, we we wanted to renegotiate the contract, but the Bulls wouldn't let us." Making the Bulls out to be like the enemy. Can you imagine, like, if the Thunder had like this great team and they were going to win their sixth championship, and you know what led to them getting all these great players was Scottie Pippen's small contract too. Can you imagine, you know, like saying like, "Oh, I really wish that we could renegotiate and pay him so much more." I think we'd just talk about like. Can you believe the contract that we have Scotty Pippen on? Like, this is amazing. You know, wasn't it Dre that said that <clears throat> some of the luck that led to the Bulls to be able to compete without really coming into the financial implications of it was Scotty's? And he said, it reminds me a lot of our situation with the Warriors and Steph Curry. If Steph's first extension wasn't prorated based on his, not prorated, but wasn't reduced because of his injury history, this Warriors dynasty as yeah. is never is what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between them. Well, and it's just it just all the million like a thousand different things it takes for a team to actually win a championship and to win multiple yeah. championships, you know. Like you can be the Raptors, you can mm -hmm. be the Mavs with hard work and getting a superstar and and getting there. But to win year after year like these teams do, it just takes so much more than than standard it's just like, practice and good decisions. Imagine in like two, you know, 2000 11 that we signed James Harden to a seven year, $18 million contract. Like we'd Woo. be outrageous, phenomenal, best team in the league for the next seven years. You know, even if it's just, even, well, if even like if it was like seven year, 60 million, you know, it's probably, well, yeah. what it's, even if Harden would have signed the contract that he was offered, even if, yeah. so truthfully, even if Harden would have been offered and signed the max, in two years, people would have been like, uh, the Thunder are massively hooked up. Because, because remember, at the same time, the salary cap spiked to a level multiple times against the Thunder that would have made it to where that contract wouldn't have been as outlandish as maybe it seemed in the meanwhile. Like they wouldn't have had to figure out how to navigate all these things. Like Harden would have been on a pretty premium contract uh, for those few years. And so that's the stuff that's crazy is like, the the future is just so unpredictable. In the same way, like any team that's preparing, like not trying to get into this conversation, but any same team that's preparing for this offseason, like how much salary cap can I have for this year? Maybe Giannis, like 
going to be dramatically impacted by the amount of financial loss that the NBA is taking because of the coronavirus stuff. Like if you're prepared, yeah. there's just so much uncertainty, so much luck that goes into building a championship contender these days where it's like, you just have to be lucky and fortunate. And then you have to also try to be shrewd in the middle of all of that. But it's, it's, it just has to be a combination of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause are the Raptors, the champions, if, if the Warriors don't get just dramatically injured last year, probably not. You mean if they don't lose Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you have to be lucky. I think the Warriors, I think the Raptors are a really good team, and I think their championship will be theirs, but it is like there's so much luck that goes into all of it. And I always think about this in the opposite direction when it comes to all of these players that played against Jordan. Charles Barkley's whole career is about how great he was, yet the fact that he didn't have a championship. And you watch the Suns, like he, yep. Suns lost to the Bulls, you know, like <clears throat> even those Rockets teams were really good, but just couldn't get past, you know, getting, couldn't get to that point that he played for. And you look at Patrick Ewing, you look at, just go down the long list of teams that had their whole entire franchise defined by coming up against Michael Jordan. Yep. It's true. Uh, transitioning to Draymond Green, he was on the, is it Up in Smoke podcast? Was that what it's called? All the smoke. Yes. All the smoke. All of all the smoke. Uh, very, very long, very interesting interview. Uh, it's like two hours long and it's extremely entertaining for two hours because <laughs> just listening to Draymond Green talk is uh, very entertaining and it, it makes you realize that like it's going to make way for Draymond to be like, a media member someday, you know? Like he's just like, he's got to be on TNT. Right. Um, But he talks about Durant in, in this interview in ways that we haven't really heard about. I think a lot of it was reported, but he talked about how in the middle of the season, when Draymond got suspended for that argument that he had with Durant, you got to hear his side of it. And it was really interesting because part of, part of what he said was that at the beginning of the season, he went to ownership and management and to Steve Kerr and said, hey, listen, there's something up with Kevin and I need help. You need to help me with him. And they just basically brushed that aside and said, okay, whatever. And then things eventually boiled over to Durant's yelling at him because he didn't pass him the ball. And, you know, Draymond disagrees. You know, he's like, I'm trying to get you the ball. And there's this big argument and it's public and it just blows up and they end up suspending Draymond and Draymond thinks it's ridiculous. And they're basically, all they're trying to do is trying to doing whatever they can to hold this team together because Durant is, is going to break it apart. Uh, And I just thought listening to him talk about that dynamic was really interesting. I think one of the, I thought it was great. I did mention this before the podcast is I've never, it's been a long time since I've been around a person that uses the F word as often as Draymond Green does and Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. But I think the thing that was the most, I, it's fine. It, it is what it is. Like Draymond Green, he, I, we obviously wouldn't be best friends if we existed in the same world. I appreciate a lot of what he brings. I appreciate his approach to the game in a lot of ways, but uh, I really appreciated in this podcast the self-awareness he had of saying like, yeah, you all are stupid if you think that Kevin Durant left because of me. Yeah. Because all Kevin, it's the same thing with Russell Westbrook, truthfully. And yeah. I think Darnell Mayberry was the one that mentioned this, gosh, seven years ago. I mean, whenever, I guess it was 2016, so almost four years ago, is that if Kevin Durant 
wanted somebody to be off the team, all you had to do is have a conversation. Like Kevin Durant yeah. could have went to Sam Presti and said, hey, listen, I'll stay here if you move Russell Westbrook for somebody that I would rather play with. Mm-hmm. Sam Presti, I think, maybe I'm crazy to think this, but I would assume that Sam Presti would be like, okay, we'll make that trade this summer. Yep. Same thing with the Warriors. Like, Draymond Green was really self-aware to say, like, I'm not an idiot. Like, if if KD wanted to stay and it was a choice between me and him, no matter the loyalty that the team had for me or the loyalty I have for the team, I know that I'd be gone. I would have been traded in a second. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, that's pretty – I mean, that's – for him to admit that, like, kind of speaks against maybe the image of him that I've created in my own mind, you know. Now, it's, it is incredibly common sense that that would be the reality, but, you know – not a lot of not all NBA players live in common sense. Yeah, he goes from there then to also saying like I'm more impactful on the basketball court than uh, Charles, Charles Barkley. So I'm, that that whole conversation <laughs> makes me so angry. Like just the underappreciation of who Charles Barkley was on the basketball yeah. court. That dude was elite on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. but did, he, but he it's also hilarious. is talking about how you know him and Charles Barkley like have a beef and how Charles Barkley is talking down on Draymond Green's game in a way that like could affect his ability yeah. to make money. Like he said the same thing and he says the same thing happened with JaVale McGee and Shaq and Shaq picking on JaVale McGee hurt JaVale McGee's income because people aren't going to pay him as much because he's the guy Shaq makes fun of. So there's, there's an, there's a built in beef there that of yeah, course just- he's going to, I just disagree so fundamentally with that idea that Shaq's analysis of somebody is going to impact the way a GM. Like if a GM is basing their decisions on player personnel on whether or not they're liked or valued in the media, that's just ignorance, man. I feel like owners do care. Yeah, but it's also, like you got to think their ability to get owners aren't going to care about Shaq. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about their that, ability to get endorsements. You know, a company's not going to be like, hey, I want. You know, to be able to be the face of my sports drink. Well, Shaq is there making fun of him every single game that he appears on TV. Who in the world so, would have wanted JaVale McGee to be the face of their – like, JaVale McGee has found the perfect, perfect – I understand that. Yeah. But, you, but nobody's down example. on Draymond Green because of Charles Barkley. They love the argument. The only reason anybody wants to interview Draymond Green right now is because of his beef with Kevin Durant and his beef with Charles Barkley. That's why he's controlling this conversation. Mm-hmm. Draymond is liked. He's valued. He has all of those things. He's just wrong for trying to project himself as a better player or a more yeah. important player than Charles Barkley. I do believe everything. All the, the Charles Barkley stuff aside, when I listened to him talk about the KD stuff and all the Warriors stuff, I believed every single word. Because I was every like, word. he does not benefit from lying about this. He only, only by telling the truth does this, does this make sense. I believe yeah. every single word he said. Yeah. Well, and it's just funny. You just wonder what it looks like behind the scenes for the Thunder, too, as they're trying yeah. to hold everything together as you know that, like, something is up with Kevin. And so what do you – do you really think – so I, I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm just trying to ask a question to help you kind of – I mean, it's a question I'm asking. Do you think it ever got to this – it doesn't feel no. like – it never got to this in Oklahoma City. No, it never got to this uh, just because everybody had Kevin put in the place where he should have been, you know, 
and everybody, everything was great with Kevin media wise, everything. And it's just funny, like Kevin, and we've talked about this and this is just the issue. This is like the fundamental issue with Kevin Durant is that he is perpetually unhappy, which is like the, the worst thing that you could be if you're him, because you should be like all these other, then this is what separates him a little bit from like all these other big stars. Is like, they don't care. Like LeBron James doesn't care. Michael Jordan didn't care. Like they're going to be who they are. And if you say something, who cares? Kevin cares so much. And it makes him unhappy whenever people say that you're not this, or you're not enough here. You're not enough there. And you know, with the thunder, it was, well, he hadn't won a championship. Okay. Let me go win some championships. Oh, I won the championships. Oh, that's still not enough for me. Like, I don't, I, I need your validation. Like, validate me. Validate me. I need it. Give it to me. And he's not getting what he wants. And a lot of it is because of his own, like, attitude and demeanor and that he is looking for the validation. Like, you didn't ever sense from a lot of these superstars that, like, oh, gosh, I need your validation. I just need it, except for from Kevin. And there's probably part of, like, all the media members that are like, yeah. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm not going to give you that validation. And it just makes for like this like crazy story of a guy who could have been the most talented player to ever play the game. Let's say he stays in Oklahoma city. He wins three championships or four championships or whatever. He continues to ascend. He doesn't, you know, tear his Achilles. And like now he is known as the best player in the NBA. Like that is, there's a path to that happening. Instead, he goes to the 73-win Warriors. Everyone knows it's a weak move, that it's stupid. He can't, he can't showcase exactly who he is and the type of player that he is because he's around too much talent. Like, it dilutes all of their talent because I think people started to think less of Steph Curry, probably less of Klay Thompson, less of Draymond Green, less of Kevin Durant. But the truth is that you can't showcase all your talent when you're around the most talented players in the league. Like, you just can't do it, especially with how talented Steph is. And so Kevin wasn't getting what he wanted, which was what he had in Oklahoma City. And now he may never, ever get what he wanted. Well, and it's just, it's, it's on, honestly, it's pretty sad because of like how much we invested into Kevin Durant and how, like as fans of him and of this team to see his career. Like, yes, he's won finals MVPs. Yes, he's won the NBA finals. But there's still like a part of you that feels sad that, dude, you could have had all, everything you wanted it was all here and you didn't realize it because yeah if, if you didn't want to play with russell westbrook tell sam he'll trade russell westbrook you could have traded russell westbrook for chris paul or for somebody like that and then you have a great team you could have gotten a lot for russell you know but you know and again he's lost his fan base is and it's funny that he goes to a team that is like I've almost, and I don't want to disparage the Brooklyn Nets fans, but it almost is like a fanless team. There's not like a giant following of Brooklyn Nets people, you know, like the Knicks or even like the Thunder. Like the Thunder fan base is like known throughout the league. Is like, that's a team that you will get listeners and readers and, you know, eyes will be on you, which is, it's just a funny thing because, but it is a thing like in the NBA, like it's, it's funny that Kevin had everything he wanted and then he just leaves and then all this stuff with Draymond. It's just, to me, it's just, it's just crazy. And it's really just kind of sad to see. The best, the best thing is that the best example I can give is that for Kevin Durant, the, in his mind, the grass is always going to be greener somewhere else. 
he was in Oklahoma Always. City. He felt like, well, we're not, you know, we're not winning. We're not winning, you know, this number of games. We're not having as much fun. Look, the Warriors are. I'll go there. He gets there. He's like, well, this isn't, you know, their problems here. I think I could go somewhere else and do it better with Kyrie and somewhere. And and he's going to have because he's always going to be looking for something he really already had. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It is just so funny, and it's almost just completely fitting that he's in search of all these things, and he can't find it, and then he joins with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. The guy who just like tore apart a Boston Celtics team that should have been probably in the finals with the amount of talent that they had, and we're seeing that this year. But he does it's just it is it's just crazy that he's and it's and it's very fitting that i can't find what i want no i'm gonna join easily the weirdest superstar in the nba that's who i'm going to tie myself to one a, a, a really just a weird guy that that you know even like bill like bill simmons hates that guy and he's like i wouldn't even put that guy in my top 10 players or top 20 players just because of what he did uh, and a guy that's dealt with injuries throughout his whole career. Like, that's who you're going to tie yourself to whenever we don't know what Kevin will look like when he comes back. You know, the Achilles tear for a guy his size, who knows? Like, he may come back and, and be awesome. It? 12th season, 13th season. Yeah, 13th. This will be his 13th season. Coming back from uh, Achilles tear. I mean, that's, I mean, you yeah. said it, Andrew. You're like, that's a big, that's not. That's not an easy one. I mean, look at John Wall. What, I mean, how long ago did he last play? It's, I mean, it's, we're, it's he's, over a year. He's going to miss this whole year. He missed a yeah. majority of, not all of last year. Like, yeah, big deal. And it is right. a big deal. I, I just think, and you look, and the Nets are trying to, you know, that podcast you did with the guy from uh, the Brooklyn. Smelts, yeah. Yeah. Which he has a fantastic radio voice, by the way. But Smelts uh, is the man. Yeah, it was, it was really good. But you look at it, and they're trying to find another superstar. But it's like number one, good luck. Uh, like, I, I mean, you're going to have to deal with the fact of like people are going to really ask the question whether or not they want to play. Now they may not have a choice if they get traded there. If it's you yeah. leverage the franchise to get Bradley Beal or something like that, like obviously that'd be a great addition. Or if it is Chris Paul, <clears throat> I get all of that. But it is. Like for me, is is I think the ceiling on this team is just like you're going to spend the next five years, probably the rest of your career, if not just the rest of your prime, on a really weird team that's not going to compete on the highest level. And it's just I, I don't know, like the choices he's made along his career have ruined his what he could have been. And that's yeah. not just like Oklahoma City homerdom, you know, that's coming out of the middle of that. Like if he would have gone to literally anywhere else and competed and won a championship, uh, I think people would have viewed, like if you went to Portland and played with Dame and CJ and, and they would have gone and done some work and won a championship, like people would have freaking loved him and there'd be no question. I still think he's a Hall of Fame player, but there is, I, I can't remember a player in the history of me being an NBA fan that has done such a such a terrible job of maintaining his, his PR. Like he just... Yeah. He's just the disliked player. Like, very few people like him anymore. I mean, all he had to do was stay in Golden State. And, like, I mean, they would probably be the title favorites next year if he would have stayed, right? I mean, they'd be the title favorites. All he has to do is just own who he is and own being on that team and know that he's the best player and not have to take it all so personally and just own it. 
And if he would have just owned it, everybody would probably say, yeah, I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. <laughs> well, and the homerism for me, like if you want to talk blatant homerism, is if you would have just stayed in Oklahoma City, they would have been maybe the favorites the next year. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's the homerism where I'm just like, dude, you could have, like there's no question for me that that you could have won a championship in Oklahoma City if you would have stayed. Just another, even if you did a one-on-one for a few years, like. Oh, dude. I yeah. just think that I mean, they were the there. next, yeah, the next year they would have been the favorite. There was, there's well, no well, especially question. If, especially with the surge for Victor Oladipo. You get Oladipo and you have Sabonis on that team. Even if you don't keep Sabonis, like the way you could craft that team with the assets you just had, because even feasibly they could have had Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kevin Durant on the same team. Yes, it could have happened. Or like today, you have Victor Oladipo, Russell Westbrook, Demonis Sabonis at center, Kevin Durant at the four, fill in whoever. It doesn't really matter who's on the wing. Yeah, you know, like that. You trade and you trade Stephen Adams for, you know, for another for like a wing player or whatever. You keep Stephen. You trade Domas for a a wing player. Yeah. Like the, the truth is like they were set up so well and and you look back and people criticize Sam you know for how things went and how things didn't develop like they should have with and Kevin leaving and blah 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 but the truth is that, that Sam with that trade had set them up to become whatever like to, yep. to become a, a championship level team but they were also no. ready to sign Al Horford when he resigned, like they were making moves for yeah. Durant for what he wanted. Um, yeah. So, so hard to say exactly what things would have looked like, but I think Durant, you know, would have been happier and we, he would have been more liked and all the negative stuff that came out about him wouldn't have come out about him. The whole cupcake thing and all that. I mean, he, I think he would have been a lot happier if he would have given it more years. I will say this. I think the the conversation that really kind of permeates both the Draymond Charles Barkley conversation and the Kevin Durant conversation is the emphasis we've placed on rings. Like championships define people's career. And so now like the future of the NBA is championship hunting. And it will be until maybe that narrative changes if it ever does. Because you look at Charles Barkley and there really is a stigma of Charles Barkley like Oh, he's just never won the big one. They joke about it on TNT. Obviously, yeah. Draymond thinks that he's a superior player because of it. Like that is a narrative that's not um, that's not fake. Like that's very much there. And so Kevin Durant, like he here's the deal: is history will evaluate Kevin Durant. He's a weird dude, but he was one of the best scorers of all time, and he won two championships. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. But also, so like, when, was that, when, when was that not a part of the conversation, though? Well, I, I feel like it maybe became, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like at least in the conversation, like great players were only evaluated based on whether or not they won the championship. I feel like that's just become more of a thing where, and not even the fact of elevating that because the great players win championships things has always been probably a conversation. That's true. But I think the harder part of it is like, you're not elite if you mm-hmm. didn't win a championship. I think that's where the conversation shifted a little bit to where it's like we actually hold it against players that were yeah. incredible but just couldn't ever do it by themselves or never, yeah. you know, like, so we've devalued those guys that work. So if Dirk Nowitzki doesn't win that championship, yeah, people are going to think Dirk was great, but he just never won a championship. But now they're like, man, Dirk is maybe top three power forward of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true, though. I mean, like it did validate his career in a lot Absolutely. of ways. 
and the and the fact that he did it d- winning the championship does matter though like i feel like we you can like swing the other way a little bit like for sure if dirk didn't do that and let's say he lost in the western conference finals yeah i am there's no chance that i'm saying that he's a top 5 power forward but the fact that he carried a team and beat miami yep you get to you get to put your we get to put him there now well so so let me th- maybe process this more in something that's that's personal. If you look at Chris Paul, yeah, I think there are people, and I think they have a valid argument to say that he is one of, at least in this era, the best point guards that played. Like, would yeah. you say that's fair? I would, yeah, totally. I think. But the evaluation of Chris Paul will always be, and you still hear it, even though they got to the Western Conference Finals a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, they beat the Spurs in that series when they were with the Clippers. Like, but the conversation with Chris Paul is always going to be he can't win the big games and it's because he it doesn't have a championship. And it's some of that's true. It, like it is, but at, does it, you look at that it, game five in OKC and you just go watch it. It's him. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Him. He blows it. The hard part for me though, is like, does it, does it detract from the fact that he's the best, one of the best two or three point cards of this era? Yeah. I think that if he, if he won a title as the lead guy, I think that people may say he's the best point guard. And there's no, there's no competitor of the 2010s or whatever, you know. Yeah, don't you think? But now it's like more of a conversation. Like, yeah. Okay. Like he's he's one of the best. Yeah. He could never, not being able to do it, and you being a top five player or whatever, it does matter. Yeah. And it does play into the conversation quite a bit. You know, and like that's, I mean, Russell Westbrook will be evaluated that way. You know, at the right. end yeah. of the day, like, did Russ win a title? No, he never did. Was some of it his fault? Yeah, maybe. Is it, you know, the the teams he went against? Yeah, sure. Is it injuries? Yep. It's definitely, that plays a part in it, but he still never did it. And look at all the great players he played with. Yeah. You know, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's hard because it's not something that you want to place all the emphasis on, but you can't not place a large amount of significance on it. And I also wonder, like, is it that the rings conversation has gotten more and more prevalent or is it just that NBA coverage has gotten more and more prevalent? Like it just gets the NBA coverage itself gets louder and louder, you know, as Ooh, I got the only ring that matters guys. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, one of the biggest things that I took away from that Draymond podcast too was he was talking about right after the 2017 finals when Kevin Durant beat LeBron, like he was better than LeBron in that finals. And I was looking at his stats and it's just unbelievable. I mean, he shot 55, 47, 92 and scored 35 points per game and just destroyed that whole finals. But then how right after the finals, everyone, the media was still saying, well, LeBron's still the best player. LeBron's still the best player because KD was on the Warriors. So they're not going to give KD the credit. Going back to what you were saying, Andrew, if this was on Oklahoma City Thunder and he did that against LeBron, he really might be considered the number one player in the league. But how that really bothered KD in the next year, he was so angry that, you know, they just won the finals. He just won a championship. But he was so angry that he still wasn't considered the number one player in the league. And so much of it, I think, I think a lot of it is because we all we all search for validation. We all want to be validated in some sense. Healthiest people are the people that find their validation in things that aren't dictated or defined by other people, right? Yeah. And that's just something Kevin Durant just what? can't do. 
And I think you look at like a LeBron and probably like, I think that everybody, if you make it to that level, you have to have some ego. You have to have an ego of some sort. And so yeah. I get like walking into that and having to deal with the, that because Kevin Durant is always, he talked about it. I don't want to be second. I'm tired of being second. I was a second yeah. draft pick, you know, and all of these different things. And for me, I'm like, I, I get all of that, man. But if you, the so number one is like comparatively, I watch LeBron James and I've said this before and I keep going back and forth because the conversation is always going to be MJ and LeBron James. I get that. That's the conversation. LeBron James is the, if he's not the best player of all time, he's the second best player of all time. Mm-hmm. And, and just because he was dragging a Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson team up against the greatest assembly of talent that's ever existed, it's not going to detract from the LeBron's greatness. Like Kevin Durant was amazing, but he also was just shooting wide open shots because he had four guys on the yeah, team. Right. right. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. If LeBron was surrounded by that team, who knows what would have happened? You know, if you oh, take yeah. Draymond Green and replace him with LeBron James, even if you just had <laughs> Stephen Clay, like it's – Oh, my God. I, I can't even imagine that. They win like six in a row, and they probably don't break up because the problem was never Stephen and Clay. Like those dudes, I, I, there's just nobody like those two guys in the league that are as good as they are, but yet will just will do whatever you want. You can be yeah. the guy. You can be the guy. We, I mean, they would be the guy on almost t- probably 25 other NBA teams, right? Either one of them. I don't care. Steph or Clay. They'd be the guy on 25 other NBA teams, but they're playing together. They like playing together. Oh, sure. We will accommodate you, Kevin Durant. But that's that's not enough. I mean, if LeBron, yeah. I mean, if LeBron was Kevin Durant in that spot, they win every title for forever. <laughs> that's crazy to think about. And you know, that does kind of prove the who's the better player, LeBron or KD. All we do is switch LeBron and KD, and it's like, oh, my God, that's actually unstoppable. Yeah, but the different thing is also, like, you don't even have to just switch. You could trade Kevin Durant and Draymond Green for LeBron James. You could have a team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, LeBron James, Sean Livingston, the corpse of David West, JaVale McGee, and never lose a championship for a decade. Yeah, there's no doubt. So it's just – it's always a funny – I mean, it's just a hard conversation. Kevin Durant's a big weirdo, and it's hard because he was our big weirdo, and it kind of was like endearing. He's our and, big weirdo, and he never was weird. But now, man, it just he's insufferable, and somehow he still controls conversations, even when there's not NBA, and it's just even when he hasn't talked. <laughs> that's true, right? Like this is not because you not know he'll. There, but I guarantee you, he'll. He, if if Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes are brilliant, like, hey, Kevin, come on our podcast next week. Yep. Yeah, I'll talk for side, two hours Kevin. and let you. We want to oh. hear your side of the story. Oh, I would love it. I mean, you know that he's in. He's on a burner Twitter account, responding to people, responding to that. You know, the Twitter post of that podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy he is. He's he's reached out. He's going to be posting something vague on Twitter that's about that, and yep. we will be talking about this in two to three weeks, without a doubt. Uh huh. It's going to be very, very good. And it's just funny. Like, he goes to the Nets, and he says, like, I I want to go there for the culture. Well, a year later, they fired their coach, and they're talking about trading all the guys that the culture was all about (laughs) because of him. Right. You're going to lose Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been, like, the heart of this Nets run. Like, And very good, by the way. He is good. And and he's going to be – I think he'll be great somewhere. I have no desire. Uh, You mentioned this, and I know you mentioned it again on the Dream Team. Like, 
I would take Spencer Dinwiddie just to see if I can get a top 10 or 15 unprotected pick from somebody. Like, let yeah. me take him and turn him to the magic. Sounds great. Karis LeVert, where would I send Karis LeVert? That'd be great. Uh, yeah. They're just not on our timeline, and they are. They're going to pull the thunder into mediocrity, which they'll be great. They'll be a great eight seed or maybe the ninth or tenth and just, you know, like live in that for the next five to ten years. Yeah, I don't want that. Nope. There's, there's no way. Uh, okay, Boomtown. We are in, what is it, chapters nine and ten? Is that right? Or seven and eight? Which is, I don't remember. I'm not, I'm not certain. This, these were also the shortest chapters we've had to date. Yeah, the nooner. So, uh, nooners was the first one. Two pages. Yeah, go ahead. They were two pages. Yeah, long. very short. <laughs> <laughs> it just talked about how basically the beginning of the land run, and it was supposed to happen at noon, but no one knew what exactly what noon was. Yeah, the purpose so, of the chapter was to just talk about noon. Yeah, does anybody know what noon is? <laughs> it's, this is just noon. Everyone has different noons. Never thought about everyone having a different noon, but a I guess nanny. I guess it's it's true. Isn't it like noon nobody, just twelve p.m.? Yeah, it's also like when the sun is directly above you. This is before we had the internet and digital clocks that are all the same. Jay, did you yeah. read the chapter? This I is what did the whole chapter is about. Is it is it twelve? Is it the sun? It, well, there's different twelves too. Yeah. I love the fact he talked about uh, rich folk used. Uh, racehorses. Race they spent yeah. they spent a lot of money on racehorses to try to beat everybody to, because the thing I, I I should have realized this I just didn't I didn't recognize or realize that there were railroads that were still a part of Oklahoma even though it was no man's land or or you know Indian territory like they still had built railroads through it and so people that at least knew the land knew like we got to get to a river we got to get to a body of water and we got to get to the railroad and so that's why people push further and further down to the central of Oklahoma where Guthrie yep. Oklahoma City area land I didn't I, I just didn't I mean it makes sense obviously like they wouldn't just avoid that but now it's like ah okay that's why they defined the areas that that they did yep we almost had the Guthrie Thunder by the way it felt wow. very different. Why did why did Oklahoma City end up taking off and Guthrie didn't? Is he going to talk about this later on? So if you, uh, one of the things that happens, Guthrie was the original state capital, and it right. was stolen. They went and stole the seal and made it and took it. And what's crazy is, so I went to Central Middle School, which is now Caps, down at 39th and MacArthur. At least it is until next semester when they're moving. Um, and one of the the you know, lore stories of Central is there was a building on the kind of east side of our campus that the story goes that when they stole the state seal from Guthrie, that they hid it in the basement of that building on Central's campus until they were able to reestablish Oklahoma City as the capital. So can you imagine like that? That is just such a strange thing to happen. Right? Like, can you imagine? I bet, like, I bet it's they have the book. seal. We we are no longer the capital. Right. No. Unless this object is here, we it, are it's probably not more the than that. But that's at least my vague memory of of how that kind of went down. <laughs> like, uh, McAllister has stolen the capital of Oklahoma. <laughs> no, they have the seal. No. But to be fair, like the city that has the name of the state should probably be the capital. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's just a hilarious thing. Uh, okay, next chapter was a just really just about James Harden, his arrival in Oklahoma City. How a lot about his beard, a lot of a lot. beard talk. But there was a lot of like there were beard t-shirts. It was a big deal. He wasn't wrong. Beard everything. Yeah, that Daily Thunder beard shirt. 
Yeah, I was really disappointed he did not he did not bring up the Daily Thunder beard shirt. That was the coolest. That was the coolest fan thing that we did. Mm -hmm. There's I have a picture and I'll have to find it, but there's a picture of me. I got one of those seat those courtside seat filler moments. There's a picture of me and I've got the the James Harden orange Daily Thunder one, and I've got a pair of jeans on, and I'm watching like Russell Westbrook do a jump shot right in front of me. Like I wore, I was a Harden fanatic. Yeah. I love that guy, man. Yeah, that was, and it's it's one of those things I kind of I either forgot uh, or just kind of blocked out of my mind. Is like, man, the city really was nuts for James Harden. He was good. He was. Some would even say great. What's wild is it was. I think it. We've we've done a lot of podcasts, so it all kind of blurs into one. But was it Alex that mentioned in that championship season that in our trivia game that. Uh-oh. That James Harden had the highest net rating of the entire team for this for that playoff run. Yes, that one hurts. I know it's painful. It's a painful chapter to read about. Yes, but uh, you know, you, I was even our hard history is still our history. It's so true, and I was just thinking about how how quickly our superstars became superstars, like Russell Westbrook in his second year was when we got 50 points. Oh, sorry, 50 wins and played the Lakers in the playoffs and Kobe was, you know, praising KD and Russ and it's it's wild. That was only Russ's second season. It was Harden's rookie season. Harden's second season he really started coming on and it it was in Harden's second season in the playoffs that he started becoming who he was and it's just kind of wild that we had these draft picks and they came to fruition so quickly and i'm not used to that i forgot that it was like that because it is just not like that anymore you know no well it's just not it just has never been like that right (laughs) for anybody but but to us that's just what it was that's that was the reality you draft someone and you only have to wait like a year you know yeah it was kind of the same with surge to be honest Serge was awesome the moment he was on the team yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah it was there will probably never, ever be anything like that in NBA history ever again. You know, that's just, it's just impossible to think about, you know, three MVPs back to back to back, and you don't have the number one pick in any of those drafts. I think and, the bitter, it's the bittersweet part of all of this. Like, it, just being honest, like, as I read more about the story, it's just, <clears throat> it'll be really hard not to, in 10 years, like, always look back at the 2012 run and be just like, there's no question the Thunder missed an opportunity to legitimately be a dynasty. Whose fault it is, whatever. Like yeah. it is, like we can put that on whatever. You can be Sam's fault. It can be Harden not wanting to be, whatever. Like I'm not having that conversation. The conversation is like the Thunder were the dynasty that never were more than any team that I ever remember. Can you imagine what would have yeah. happened to LeBron's legacy or in, in that whole heat thing if the Thunder had won that year? If LeBron and Dwayne Wade and that heat team got beat by... 23 year olds in the finals yeah it would well, completely and change yes and somebody said that had they lost that where was this at i heard yeah this i vaguely remember that too that that if they would have yeah. lost that series to the thunder they were going to break it up they were going to break up the big three in miami wow i mean it's it's wild and they won game one they won game one well and they were like, a kd easily. not called foul in game two to to at least have a shot to win game yeah. two or you or just play surge at center. Yeah, true. You know. Well, and, and the thing is, is like you, the Thunder would have had problems. Like the Thunder, would, like every championship team does, there is a cycle of 
their well-being and health and connection and all of those different things. Like the Thunder maybe put three together, three runs in a row, yeah. and then all of a sudden James does want to go be the guy. And, you know, Russell, you know, who knows? Who knows how the thing splits up? Obviously, there's personalities in all three of their major players, and so it would have done something. Sure. Because right? that's still, that the, yeah. I was just saying that's the unique thing about that Bulls team is they had just the right complexity of personalities to where at least for the two different runs they made, like it worked. Like people kind of knew their role and played their role, mm-hmm. and you had one alpha and really good um, to great supporting role players. Part do you of that think? Team. Yeah. Do you think it benefited the Spurs to not win back-to-back championships? To not go on runs like that? Maybe. Yeah. It's a. It's a good. It's a. That's a legitimately very good question. <laughs> but I think they may have not been able to stay together. And honestly, I don't think we'll ever, ever, ever see anything like we did with the Bulls ever again. No. Never. The other ever, thing, ever. I'm so excited for Sunday, it focusing on Rodman because I think so important to that Bulls team was that they didn't focus like the personalities of, of the players like didn't really ever get shined on to where like because Rodman hogged all of that personality spotlight you know i'm well, so excited what, for this Sunday. yeah and what you're seeing as well in that documentary is the fact that like part of that also is just the fact that michael jordan wasn't ever going to allow anything like that to to stop him from winning the thing that, that michael yeah. had that nobody else I, I mean there's other people that have had it like him but i'm not sure uh was that just pure unadulterated will of just taking a team and and saying I don't give a crap what comes in our way we're going to compete at the highest level that's the thing like it's all about those leaders like you look at the Spurs the reason the Spurs are what they were is because they were kind of built on David Robinson Tim Duncan to start then you added a whole bunch of personalities that that just fit you had a guy like Manu Ginobili who was just kind of cool with whatever it is you have Tony Parker who comes in is like I can just be a great piece but Tim Duncan and David Robinson set the culture of that team and that was the game changer that was it that was it for them for sure, but like, you know, they did have some drama issues with Tony Parker through all that too. Sure, there was with Popovich, but also then with other teammates. I mean, you know about the Tony Parker wife thing, and um, I, I just think I just wonder like if they had won two or three in a row when Parker was young, and yeah. when Ginobili was there, like would they have started to have a falling out like everyone else did? Or did maybe. they benefit from losing between those years, you know? I, maybe. It did I think there was hungry. some benefit. Their personalities are yeah. just so different than all these other guys too, though. Like Manu's yeah. personality is so different from like totally. any, any, like James Harden and Manu get compared all the time. But the truth is like personality-wise, they couldn't be further apart. It's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening to our show. Do you think they shared uh, love of strip clubs? Oh, for sure. That's the only that's the only commonality between them, actually. They both see each other in the strip club and high five. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much the extent of the relationship. Andrew, how your how's your cereal game, man? Anything new you've been trying? No, I just I'm playing the hits right now, so I'm gonna some punch. <laughs> There's no time for trying stuff new. No. This comfort right now, man. <laughs> it's just pure comfort. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you.